This is the Kinfolk Project, a resource for the African American genealogy search. The following podcast is designed to help you with your family history quest, offering solutions to your inquiries, true and tried guidelines to shaping your tree, and answers from experts. The host, Bernie Moody's passion for genealogy started as a child, asking questions of his parents and grandparents. He has been researching earnestly since 1990 and is considered an expert in African-American genealogy by many of his peers. Now, host of the Kinfolk Project podcast, Bernie Moody. Our guest on the Kinfolk Project podcast is Dr. Sharon L. Williams, retired educator, administrator. She's been researching her own family history for 40 years. She's the founder of Kindred Spirits Genealogy Workshop Group in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Her expertise has contributed to the completion of several projects, presentations, publications, and even a documentary film. And welcome. How are you, doctor? I'm great, Bernie. How are you? I'm I'm doing good, good. Now, we're in this passion of family history, and my focus is trying to break that brick wall we run into. But just, or as we're starting, tell me about yourself and how you started with this passion of family history, where it started. Okay. Well, for me, it it started officially uh, back in the 70s when a cousin approached me basically after Roots aired or or the book was released and, you know, everybody started getting interested in that. Um, And she showed me how to document, you know, our family. Uh, But I was always interested, even as a kid, I used to have conversations with the elders, so to speak, about, you know, their childhood and, and how we were related to different people at the family reunions and things of that nature. So it's it's been a lifelong interest for me. So that's grown, that passion has grown, and so now we're here talking about resources that everyday people can use. I think your story and our story is the same. We started as, mm-hmm. as youngsters before we even knew, you know, why. Exactly. And then roots hit, and then... Boom, boom, boom. I mean, the the, the, the whole uh, genealogy world blew up at that particular point for us. That would be right, yeah. Okay. So speaking of resources, what do you, what do you tell, uh, let's say, someone who wants to get in to do their family history? Where do we start? Well, I guess one of the things we do in um, Kindred Spirits is meet people where they are. So some people come in, and they have been doing this for years, and they may have actually hit a wall and need some direction. Other people come in brand new, and and they don't even know where to start. They think they should start with their grandmother instead of starting, really, with themselves and then (laughs) working backwards. So, um, you know, we kind of help to guide them and... um, you know, teach them the proper terminology as we search and and start to develop their tree. Uh, and with everyone, we try to make sure that their focus is on um, telling stories and not just collecting people like charms on a bracelet. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because we have a, a fascinating history. We can be surprised. I know I'm in, in my research, I'm surprised at the stories I've uncovered um, that just uh, sometimes befuddle me. I, you, you know, you hear stories, and then you confirm them with the research. 
and that's what you do. It's kind of a big thesis. You know, you go in with information that, you know, people in your family a lot of times are your storytellers. Mm. And so you take information they give you, knowing that there's always truth in it, or at least they think (laughs) there is, and then you have to either prove or disprove what they're saying. You have to, as kind of a family detective, find documentation to support or reject whatever information is given to you. Have you ever had to reject something that your family has held on to? Yeah. For generations, no, th- no, Grandma said this, and and you said, no, it didn't happen mm-hmm. that way. How do you do that? Well, and and it is very difficult, uh, and and I know some people who are uh, really proud of doing their family uh, history research do not share information with family members because they're afraid of the reaction they're going to get, and we always encourage you to share. Because some people, unfortunately, are ashamed of their history, Mm. or they think they know what they know, what they know to be gospel, and sometimes it's it's just not. So what I do, in, in my family at least, is at the family reunions, we always do uh, an activity on the family history, where the storytellers and other researchers now that I've captured, uh, (laughs) we all get together and share information, and we share documentation, uh, photographs, uh, diaries, um, newspaper articles, all of the things that we've collected to either prove or disprove information that we had gathered and sometimes that's enough to show people what you knew was not exactly true but we also try to encourage people not to vilify folks you know people tell you what they think they know to be true for a reason Uh, and a lot of times it's information that was shared with them in order to protect the family secret this is the kinfolk project podcast with Dr. Sharon L. Williams, of uh, founder of the Kindred Spirits Genealogy Workshop Group, is in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Now, let's talk about some resources that uh, we can use to kind of guide us in mm-hmm. our family history search. Well, in in our group, we um, we use uh, Ancestry.com a lot because it's so easy to learn to use that tool for the purpose of online research. Uh, and, and it contains so much that will help people, even people who are new to this whole venture. But I try to let people know that you should not just rely on online tools. You know, before COVID, we would make sure that we did a field trip at least twice a year and sometimes on a quarterly basis. And those field trips were to take people out to like the state library or various archives or historical societies so that they could see uh, what actual census records look like, look at vital statistics information uh, and that kind of thing. When when you and I first got started, there was no online. No. There, there was no such thing. <laughs> so there were nights in the library. Find, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you wanted to find things, you had to really go to a church and look at their records or go to a cemetery Mm -hmm. 
Um, and and so we still do those kind of things so that people uh, can see how to research offline, especially if you have a common name. Then you know the uh, real world documentation uh, tools really can assist you. Okay. But we use all of that. We use a combination of things. But you know, I don't know how deep you want me to get into this in terms of military records. Let's or go deep. We're here. This is the Kinfolk Project podcast. Let's get deep. But let me say this, and, and I uh-huh. agree, there's Ancestry.com and other online, you know, resources, but there's nothing like going mm-hmm. to a family graveyard and mm-hmm. seeing the tombstone or the brick of your great-great-grandparents. Exactly. Nothing like it. There's nothing like going to uh, the the county courthouse and finding your great great grandfather's will and his and names and that impersonal research. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Love yeah, it. Yeah, to go to a property and say, "This is the original homestead. Yes. This is the property that my great grandfather purchased." Yes. That that really means a lot. Yeah, that that those kind of moments inspire me to do more. You know, mm-hmm. I've got I've got to find more. But let's go deeper. We've got some time here. Let's go deeper. Let's talk about like military records or Freeman's mm-hmm. Bureau records, whatever, whatever, wherever you want to go with this. Well, you know, um, again, I really enjoy pulling up um, the the military records, and and some of them are in. Um, uh, as as a part of Ancestry.com. They used to be there readily, but um, lately they've been transferring things into Fold 3. And the thing that makes the online research difficult is that things that are free or affordable one year can suddenly, you know, require a subscription the next year. Right. So, you know, they keep you hooked. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> You know, I try to let people in the group know that so that if um, if they get their tree up and going and interconnected to all of these resources, you, you don't want to let go because then you lose access to some things you've connected to the individual people. But the military records are everything from just the registration card, the draft or registration card, which gives you information of what this person looked like at certain ages and, you know, if they had any um, body markings or birthmarks or uh, things of that nature. Uh, and that's whether they ever enlisted or not. If they, if they just had to do a registration card, you can also tell where they were living at the time and who they listed as their contact. So it gives you a lot of information on that person that can then lead to additional research for you. Um, And so that's fine generally with men. Uh, Sometimes you'll find military records for women, but often not. Um, and, And so then, you know, you have to start looking at other records, and a lot of times... The historic newspapers help you after a certain period. Weddings, marriages, you know, those kinds of things are actually covered in newspapers, as are deaths. And a lot of times I tell people it is easier to start with a death announcement or death certificate or newspaper obituary and work your way backwards. For one thing, it will usually list other family members. 
so, especially in the case of a woman, you can find out her maiden name. Okay. And then that will open up a whole new source of resources to you. Looking at researching women, and we have a few moments left, where mm-hmm. can we go? Because, you know, right, for the most part, the military records are for men. Mm-hmm. Even the census, at a lot of times, you don't really see the, the, the woman's, you know, maiden name. Right. What's, is there a tool somewhere? Well, like I said, the thing that I found most helpful is the, um, the obituary okay. uh, in the uh, newspapers. Uh, and also, church records. Of course, church records are not uh, online, so um, for, for the most part. <laughs> Some churches have actually started doing that, okay. but that's a lot of work for them. So you may still have to physically visit, quote-unquote, the family church and take a look at information that they have on your family and your family's activities, baptismals, uh, christenings, things of that nature. But if you have also resources that your family has held on to, heirlooms, so to speak, like the family Bible or photo albums or things of that nature where people have actually written information, uh, that goes a long, long way to help you with things. And there was a time, I don't know if it's still true today, where the family Bible was actually almost a legal document. You could mm-hmm. use that for your birth and military records and those kind of things. I don't know if that's still in place, the family Bible. Um, but yeah, that's, that's... I, I still encourage that in every, everybody who comes into the group. Uh, one thing that we ask them to do is a personal timeline so that they can see how their life unfolded, Mm. and also in this uh, template that we have set up for our members, uh, every year corresponds to events that were happening in the world around uh, that same time frame. Uh, And then that helps them when they're doing family research to put things in perspective of someone who was living during the 30s and 40s. And... um, because, you know, we have that kind of information available. Our, our timeline template starts, like, at 1800 and comes to the present, so they don't have to look up these historic facts themselves. They're already there for them. But, but by putting all of this in perspective, it helps you to know the kinds of resources that might be available to you, like census records are not va- available for people who are living right now because of the 72-year rule, but people who maybe lived back in the 20s, you can find information for. This is the Kinfolk Project podcast. Our guest is Dr. Sharon L. Williams, founder of the Kindred Spirits Genealogy Workshop Group in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And as we come to a close, I want to thank you, but I, I noticed on your letterhead it says, when the elderly die, a library is lost. And volumes of wisdom and knowledge are gone. I love that. Where'd you get that? Uh, we just use that to encourage people to uh, to come forward and uh, to to start telling their children things and their grandchildren things. If uh, if that wasn't done for them, it's important to pass this on. Because, you know, as they say in the show Hamilton, you don't know who's going to tell your story. Mm. You don't know who preserves your legacy. 
and a legacy is planting seeds in a garden we don't get to see. And Dr. Sharon Williams, thank you so much for being a part of the Kinfolk Project podcast, and we're going to have you back, you know. Okay. (laughs) I hope so, Bernie. And you keep coming to Kindred Spirits from time to time. Oh, I'll be there all the time. You can contact Dr. Sharon L. Williams at kindredspiritsgwg at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kinfolk Project Podcast. For previous episodes, you can find us at social platforms such as Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. This has been the Kinfolk Project Podcast with family historian Bernie Moody. If you have questions concerning your family search, you can email Bernie at moodybernie at yahoo.com and you can also follow him on Instagram at the Kinfolk Project and on Twitter, Kinfolk Dude. Thank you, and join us again for the next episode of the Kinfolk Project Podcast. 